This is Hawks Heroes with Drew Knoll, where we give a voice to the heroes and meaning to the pain of everyday life with chronic illness. Our hope is that we shed light on the reality of what living with chronic conditions is and give hope to those that feel like they're going about their journeys alone. Every story is a voice, and every voice is a belief that there is someone that shares in your unique experience. Hawks Heroes, a Hawk 5 Studios resource. So in this introductory episode, what I intend to do and what I want to do, what my vision is, is just to lay out what Hawks Heroes is and what the purpose of it is and how we got to this point, what the inspiration was, and then give you a overview of Hawks story. Um, And that will make more sense as I get into the format of what the podcast will be. Ultimately, what Hawks Heroes is, is an opportunity, a voice, a platform uh, to where we can uh, interview and have discussions with people who are living with chronic illnesses daily. Um, There is a unique experience that comes with living with a chronic illness. Um, and what we wanted to do was showcase uh, those experiences and allow others to share their stories. Um, I am a firm believer in the power of story and what a story can do to inspire, encourage, uh, bring hope uh, to people who may feel like that they are going about their journey on their own. Um, chronic illnesses can be isolating experiences if, if, if you allow them to be. Um, they can um, have significant impacts on uh, your, your mental health uh, as well as, as your physical health. And so m- my hope is that in us sharing other people's stories and allowing other people to share their stories, um, that maybe somebody listens to this uh, and, and, and hears, man, I, I've, I've been struggling with something really similar. And, uh, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm no expert uh, in, in any of these fields. Um, I do have a background in psychology and therapy and mental health. Um, but most of the chronic illnesses that, you know, we'll probably be talking about uh, with people and their stories, I won't know anything about. Um, but the beauty of it is, is that everyone is an expert in their own experience. So we don't have to be experts in that. We're just literally giving a voice um, to people and their stories. And my, my hope and my belief is that there are people out there that will hear that and that they will be encouraged and inspired. Um, you know, one, that there's somebody else out there with a, a similar experience, so they're not alone. Um, and just that belief, in my opinion, that um, knowing that we're not alone in our struggle um, really makes a significant impact and difference in the way we go about our lives. Um, you know, the other thing that I believe that this forum and platform can do and will do is, um, allow people to connect. Um, you know, they're, you know, we kind of get into Hawk story, you know, we, um, when, when we first found out that Hawk had been diagnosed with hydrocephalus and that he, that he had hydrocephalus, um, you know, there was, there was a, a, a phase, um, a, a period of time where we felt extremely alone. We didn't know anything. I didn't even know the word hydrocephalus until we got the call from the pediatrician confirming that that was in fact, um, you know, what, what the MRI, uh, and the CT scans had shown. I hadn't, I had no clue that, that, 
that condition even existed um, and, until we got that call. And, and so there was a period of time where we felt, uh, you know, Sarah and I felt extraordinarily isolated. Um, no, no one in our family, no one, um, you know, in our immediate group of friends um, had, had experienced hydrocephalus, knew anything about it. Sarah knew uh, very little about it that she learned in, in med school, but uh, in terms of practical experiences and, and those kinds of things, we didn't have any connection. So we felt very alone um, in, in what we were going through. And so for us, um, you know, it was really important to find a community um, that we could connect with that understood our struggles, uh, understood the fear, understood um, just the entirety of, of the experience. Um, and so we, you know, through research and reaching out, we, we found the Hydrocephalus Association and, and that has been a massive um, piece of our, our support structure. Um, you know, just having the connection with people that understand our, you know, where we're at, you know, the, the fears that we experience, the anxiety that we experience, the, the grief um, that, that we experience, um, you know, through, uh, all of the different stages and milestones um, that that Hawk lives through, and that was really really important for us. It's been massively therapeutic for us um, to work toward raising funds that go toward research for better treatments uh, and ultimately a, a cure for hydrocephalus. That that is. Uh, the goal, uh, one of the goals of the Hydrocephalus Association is to to raise funds to eventually find a cure for hydrocephalus as well as improve the treatment of those who have hydrocephalus and, um, you know, provide a, a community and provide support for those who are, are living with and the families of those who are living with hydrocephalus. Um, so in terms of, you know, what this is, um, it's not a it's not a platform for me to try to gain any kind of notoriety or fame or anything like that. I, I'm by no means, uh, you know, uh, wanting to uh, come off as though I'm, I'm trying to leverage my my son's condition or the condition of any others um, f- for any kind of you know uh, recognition. Uh, it really, you know, for for me. So, you know, I'll kind of start at the beginning or at the, the current day and probably work my way more backwards. But, um, you know, for those of the you that don't know us or or Hawk, um, you know, he recently had um, an emergency brain surgery to he, he had a shunt failure um, back the end of February. And, um, you know, so Sarah and I were out of town, my mother in law and, and one of our best friends rushed him down to the hospital in Fort Worth. And, uh, you know, while we were on our way back from, from our trip, um, you know, he ended up having uh, a brain surgery to externalize his shunt, um, because his, his current shunt was, had failed, um, essentially without getting into too many details, the, the tube at the end of the, the drain, um, that, that drains the, the fluid into his abdomen, um, had gotten clogged. And so, um, 
you know, he had to have that shunt externalized. They had to check and make sure there was no infection because of the way that the, the tube got clogged. So he was, uh, you know, he was in the hospital for, um, about 10 days, seven, eight, eight days, um, around a week. And, uh, during that time that we were in the hospital, um, you know, we just had this massive outpouring of, of people's support. You know, it was, um, cards from his, his classmates, um, and, and even cards and posters from his entire school. I mean, there were whole grade levels that, that made posters and cards and sent them to the hospital for him. Um, kids around our neighborhood, um, families around our neighborhood, families in it from our church, um, people from literally all around the world, um, were sending him cards, um, or, or, you know, video messages or, um, you know, we even through some friends of ours, friends of friends kind of thing. Um, they were on vacation in Switzerland and the Swiss Alps and they were on a, uh, you know, on a skiing trip and they were, uh, you know, on the top of a mountain in the Swiss Alps. And, you know, we got a, uh, got a message from them that, you know, they said, Hey, we were up skiing. We were up on the top of the mountain and we, um, you know, we left a, uh, we left a, a chant, uh, on the mountain and, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't at the time, I, I have since done some research in terms of what that means, but it, at the end of it, it, what it really meant was that people were finding their own ways to uniquely and collectively show support for Hawk to let him know that he was loved to let him know that people cared about him and to let him know that he wasn't fighting this alone. And, you know, for, for us as a, as a family, that was incredibly powerful. Um, you know, even the best of hospitals, which cook children's in my opinion is one of the best, um, hospitals are lonely places. Um, you know, we certainly did not have a lack of people coming to Seahawk. Uh, you know, we certainly did not have a lack of support from, from the hospital, but um, just from a mental standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, an emotional standpoint, hospitals are, are lonely places. Um, and so for, you know, for us to have, and, and more importantly for Hawk to have that kind of showing of support for him. Um, I, I can't tell you what it did for his spirit, for our spirits, um, you know, to walk into that hospital room, um, and see literally every single inch of the walls, uh, in his, in his hospital room were covered, um, in posters or cards or pictures that people had drawn for him or, or, you know, whatever it was, there, there literally was not an inch of the wall that was bare. And, uh, and in fact, there were, you know, things that we had to get creative in how we put them up um, because we certainly didn't want something that someone sent to not go on the wall. Um, That was really important for us. And, uh, you know, so, and there were multiple times where, you know, Hawk even said, Hey, man, this is really cool. It's really, you know, 
there really are people out there that, that love me a whole lot. Um, and, uh, you know, that was really powerful. And so, uh, you know, my hope is that while, you know, we may not be able to put cards on people's walls. That's, that's, that's another project that I'm working through, um, in, in my mind and, and, and trying to plan that out. I, I would love to have a, a, a service, an app or, or some sort of platform by which, you know, people can, um, you know, I don't like the word advertise, but notify is a better word. Notify, um, people that, that, you know, whether they're going into the hospital for a surgery or, um, you know, they've just gotten out or, or whatnot and find a way to be able to connect people, um, that, that are dealing with some sort of event, whether it's a surgery or, or something else, uh, and allow people to, um, you know, share words of encouragement with them, you know, via a card or a video or, um, something like that. So that's a whole other thing. Um, but my hope with this podcast is that, um, is that we just provide a, a platform or a voice, um, for those who have struggled and are struggling or living with, uh, chronic illnesses to be able to hear other stories, um, and know that, that, that there are others out there, that there is hope, that there is a connection, um, that they can make and, and, and start to reach out to others and, um, you know, start knitting together some sort of, uh, a tribe, um, of support for them. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm a strong believer in, um, you know, it, it, it does take a group of people for us to succeed. You know, this life is not a life meant to be lived alone. I'm very much a believer in the, the psychological, the spiritual, and even the physical need for a community. Um, you know, now that community obviously takes on a substantially different look for every individual person. What my community looks like is definitely, you know, not the same as what your community looks like. But um, the the need for that connectivity and that community, I believe, is a common thread that's woven through all of our DNA. Um, we we at a at a core, very primitive level. Um, I'm I'm a firm believer that that we are desperately in need of of connection, and so that's that's the whole aim and purpose here is is to provide a platform by which um, we can make that connection. Uh, and so, you know, my hope and, and I've already started getting, um, you know, responses from people in, that are, are willing to, to come on and, and share their experience. And, um, I'm really excited that, um, there's a lot of, of wide ranging, um, experiences that, that, you know, in terms of, um, you know, condition, chronic conditions that people are, are, uh, are, are living with or have experienced that they're willing to come on and share. So I think uh, already I'm, you know, there's a, there's a lot of support out there or a lot of interest in people wanting to share their stories to support others. And so that's going to be really ex, uh, exciting. It's going to be really fun, um, you know, to, to have a lot of varying experiences to share, um, with people. And, uh, so that, that really is, you know, that, that is what Hawks Heroes is. 
um, that that's what we intend to do. So I, I would encourage you if, I mean, if you're listening to this, thank you. Um, and if you, uh, or someone that, you know, has, um, has been living with a chronic illness and, and they would be willing to come on and, and share their story, that would be fantastic. And, and, um, you know, I will more than welcome that. And uh, so there'll be some, um, you know, some uh, information, uh, or, or there'll be a way for you to, to contact me to, to get me that info uh, or make that connection with them. And, and we'll, we'll figure out all the logistics of that. So uh, I just wanted to put that in there as well. If, if there is somebody that's listening to this, that's interested in sharing their story, um, please, please um, let me know. would love to, uh, to have you on. So from that, I kind of want to transition into, um, you know, uh, being that the whole purpose of this uh, podcast is to share the stories of, of those who, um, you know, are living with chronic illnesses and, and, and the whole reason why that's near and dear to, to my heart is, um, because our, our oldest, our seven-year-old son Hawkins, um, has had hydrocephalus since he was, um, well, he was diagnosed when he was three months old. Um, they believe that he probably developed hydrocephalus, uh, in the NICU, um, and so he's probably had hydrocephalus most of his life. He was not, it was uh, acquired hydrocephalus. It was not congenital. And, and basically what that means is that he wasn't born with it. Um, he, he acquired it through uh, what they, they believe uh, that uh, when he was in the NICU, so he was premature. He was about 34 weeks, 35 weeks. And so um, he had some, jaundice issues, his bilirubin levels were, um, elevated. And so he had to spend about 10 days in the NICU and, um, for, for the phototherapy and, and monitoring all of that and, and getting his, uh, you know, getting his liver functioning, uh, pro appropriately. And, uh, while he was in the NICU, he, um, acquired a very, very mild, um, infection. He had a fever for about 12 hours. Uh, to the, but enough that he ended up having to have, uh, you know, an antibiotic treatment and his, uh, his first neurosurgeon, um, you know, is of, was of the belief that, um, it, it very well could have been that fever, um, uh, you know, associated with that infection that, that caused the, um, the aqueductal stenosis. And that, that's a really big word that, that basically means there's certain drains, um, uh, or avenues and channels in the brain that, that drain out the cerebral spinal fluid or the CSF and uh, fever can cause um, uh, what, what, what's known as um, constriction of, of, you know, veins or, or, you know, those channel ways. And so, you know, and that's, that's what the stenosis uh, is uh, when something stenosis, if that's the right verb of that, um, it, it just closes off. And, um, you know, so the aqueductal stenosis, that's that term, the aqueduct, you know, is, is a, a means of moving water or fluid. And so the aqueductal stenosis is just the, the, the clamping off of that, uh, that aqueduct, essentially that, that drain, if you will. And so, um, you know, so Hawk has been living with, with hydrocephalus for pretty much his entire life. and um, so being that that's what this show is about is, is sharing stories of, of chronic illness. I wanted to take, um, 
you know, sometime and, and briefly uh, share Hawk's story uh, with with everyone. So, um, <clears throat> you know, our story with Hawk starts all the way back at the uh, the fertility clinic. We we as a couple um, struggled to get pregnant, um, and um, for for a handful of reasons that that aren't important. Um, to this story, the reality of it is just, we struggled. And so we went through lots of fertility treatment to even get pregnant with Hawkins. And so, you know, the reason that, um, I, I, I add that in there is, is, you know, in my mind, infertility is, is a chronic condition. Um, it's, it, it is something, um, that can, um, uh, have a long-term impact on, on, on families experiences. And, uh, you know, and for us, there's definitely a, a part of that story that, that is really important. And so, um, you know, we went through, I don't know, probably five years of, of varying treatments, um, trying to get pregnant. And finally we, we did thank God. And, um, you know, for most of it, um, it was a, it was a fairly normal pregnancy. Um, and, uh, but like I said earlier, he, he was born, um, about four or five weeks early. He was, I don't exactly remember. I know Sarah could tell probably the exact number of days, but, um, he, he was, he was a 34, um, 35 week or somewhere in there, late 30, you know, long 34, short 35, somewhere in, in there. And, um, you know, it was one of those where, you know, he, uh, he was a big dude. He was, um, seven pounds, six ounces at 34 weeks, uh, which is, is substantial. I mean, there are plenty of full term babies that aren't that big. Um, so uh, we were, we were fortunate with that. Um, and, and in fact, you know, when he was born, he didn't go to the NICU. I mean, we were, we were literally about to get discharged, um, to, to go home when they came back in and said that, you know, his, his discharge lab of his Billy Rubin levels were elevated to the point that he needed phototherapy and that they were taking him, um, you know, to the NICU. And so there, there was definitely a, um, a, a, you know, a grieving process for us there in that, you know, we were, we were ready to take our, our newborn baby boy home. Um, and you know, now he's in the NICU and, um, you know, that, that was, uh, an, an experience that we had not planned for. Well, I take that back. We had planned for it being that, you know, we knew, um, you know, so Hawk was actually a twin and, uh, we lost his twin, uh, eight weeks, nine weeks into the, into the pregnancy. Um, and, and because of a lot of other factors, you know, um, uh, Sarah was seeing a, a perinatologist, um, because it was a, a high risk pregnancy. Um, and so we were, we had toured the NICU and, and so we were in our heads prepped for that. But, you know, then usually with, um, uh, you know, with high risk pregnancies or, or, or even premature births, if the kiddo, usually the kiddo goes straight from birth to the NICU. Um, and so we were in our head thinking, well, he didn't go straight to the NICU. So we're good because most of the time they have to go to the NICU because their lungs aren't developed properly or they don't have the ability to swallow yet. You know, they haven't, they have to get all those. So they might have to go on a feeding tube or on a vent or something like that. Um, and the fact that Hawk came out and 
his lungs were fine and, and great. He was able to eat, you know, we in our minds and kind of put the NICU out of our heads. Um, and then now it's like, Oh, okay. Um, right before we we're about to leave, um, he's going to the NICU and, and he spent 10 days there and, uh, it was a roller coaster for sure. We, we did the, okay, his labs are great. If, uh, if his next lab comes back, then we'll, you know, we'll start the discharge process. And then that next lab came back and it, it wasn't great. And they were like, well, he's, you know, we got to go back through the process. And every time, you know, you'd have uh, a lab that would come back, you know, abnormal, uh, it, you know, it, it wasn't just a, okay, that if the next one's good, you know, then that, that started a, a 24 hour protocol. So every time he, uh, you know, he had a, a lab that came back abnormal that we knew that was another 24 hours, um, you know, before we could even have a conversation about the next lab coming back good and going home, those kinds of things. Um, you know, so we went through that, that I will say that the nurses at the NICU were phenomenal. Um, NICU nurses are some of the most impressive, incredible people that, that I've met. Um, you know, they, um, they, they have a, a special lot, uh, in life and a special place in our hearts for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, he, like I said, he spent 10 days in the NICU. Um, and, and, you know, once, once his liver kicked in and started working like it was supposed to, um, and then, then he was able to go home and, um, you know, it wasn't until, you know, three months later, um, you know, at, well, two months at his two month checkup, you know, the pediatrician noticed that his head was measuring off, uh, off the curve. And, um, you know, we, in, in my, my side of the family, the men, um, the men in my family, myself included have, uh, massive heads. Um, you know, my, my, uh, my fitted hat size for those that understand that concept is a size eight, um, which, you know, that's like a, that's like a Shrek head. Um, you know, I think, um, one of the, the few baseball players that, that I know of that, that have a head that big is, uh, you know, Kevin Minch, I think Kevin Minch wore a seven and seven eights or maybe an eight. Um, but, uh, um, so at that two month, you know, uh, appointment, you know, the doc said, Hey, it's, it's measuring off. And I, and that was when I said, well, you know, typically men in my family have really, really large heads. So it could just be a genetically large head. And she's, you know, and, and we had a phenomenal pediatrician when Hawk was born. We, we now, we, we love our pediatrician now too, but, um, unfortunately our, his original pediatrician moved back to Louisiana. And so we, you know, we've had, found a new pediatrician, but, um, you know, she was like, okay, that, you know, that it absolutely could be that. So let's just keep an eye on it. Here's some things to watch out for. Um, you know, and, and we'll check it, uh, again at his three month and, and, you know, as long as it's on a curve, his curve could just be a, a higher curve, but as long as it's curving and not, you know, like shooting straight up or something like that, then we're, we're okay. So we'll just, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, and it was mother's day or the, the Saturday before mother's day, we were, um, we were in a store. Sarah just happened to notice that something just didn't look right. Um, so to kind of compact that part of the story, um, you know, when the Monday after mother's day, I, I took him to the, the pediatrician, um, which they measured his head is his head was not curving. Uh, his head was, you know, his, his trajectory of his, of his head growth was, you know, almost a straight up line. And, uh, you know, the doc was like, this, this isn't, this isn't right. Um, you know, we need, we need to get something checked. So we went, um, you know, so she set us up for, um, an ultrasound uh, that afternoon, the ultrasound came back. You know, yes, he has enlarged ventricles. 
Um, you know, the, the more, I don't know if it's the more concerning thing or another equally concerning thing was on the ultrasound. And, and I, I've learned this over the, the course of the past seven years. Um, Sarah obviously knew this, but, you know, ultrasounds are, you know, in terms of imaging, um, are kind of on the basic level, you know, it's, it's like at the bottom of, of the scale of, of detailed imaging and those kinds of things. And so, um, you, you get some types of, of, uh, an image, you know, or the ability to see certain things, but there's also a lot of things that you, you just can't see on, on an, on an ultrasound that you might be able to see better on an MRI or a CT scan because of the, the technology that they're utilizing to, to do the, the, the imaging. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that they told us, um, or, or that they told the pediatrician in the ultrasound report was, uh, you know, they, they did confirm the enlarged ventricles, which, you know, confirmed the, the hydrocephalus diagnosis. Um, but they also mentioned that, um, you know, in the ultrasound, they, they could not see his corpus callosum. Um, and I may be mispronouncing that, but I don't think I am. Um, and the corpus callosum is, um, a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a connective membrane essentially that connects the two hemispheres of the brain, the left and the right hemisphere. Um, and in instances where that's not present, um, it, it usually is the, the cause or, or is a causal factor in, um, you know, severe, um, developmental delays and issues, um, later on, you know, in, in, in life, meaning that, you know, that if Hawk didn't have his corpus callosum, then, then there was a, a solid chance that, you know, as he grew up uh, and became older, he would have um, you know, severe developmental delays. Um, and so, you know, that was, you know, while we're dealing with the diagnosis of, of hydrocephalus and, and, you know, understanding that most likely that would result in a, a brain surgery and, and all these other things that we're also dealing with the fact that, you know, for what we can, for what, you know, the, the ultrasound tech, um, and radiologists could see they, you know, he was, he had this other thing that was looming in terms of, um, you know, what, what we were dealing with. Um, now, thankfully, um, you know, the next day we went for MRI scans and, uh, or CIST, I honestly don't remember what the next day was, if it was CT or MRI, it was one of them may have been both for all I know at this point, that was a really long time ago. And, um, <laughs> I've slept a lot and been massively sleep deprived <laughs> in, in the times between now and then. Um, but you know, it, it, we went in for additional imaging um, the neurologist and the neurosurgeon both, you know, said, yes, absolutely. With the new imaging, we can see, see the corpus callosum and, you know, with his ventricles were, were pretty enlarged. And they said, because of that, you know, with the, with the ultrasound, it, it wouldn't be abnormal for them to not be able to see that. Um, so, you know, we kind of had one fear quelled, um, but you know, it, it, that week, um, it was a, it was a whirlwind of a week. You know, we had, pediatrician and ultrasound on Monday. We had, you know, the CT or the MRI imaging on Tuesday. And then Wednesday was morning. We met with, um, his, uh, Dr. Owens, his, uh, his neurologist, his pediatric neurologist. Um, and then, you know, by the grace of God, um, that afternoon we were able to get in to see Dr. Swift and it wasn't even a, a an office day, a clinic day for him. It was a, a surgery day. Um, but, um, through some connections that Sarah had with classmates, uh, in med school, uh, you know, we were able to, 
to to call in some favors and and got him seen on Wednesday. Doctor Swift made uh, you know made an appointment in between surgeries, and uh, you know it, Wednesday was a consult with him. His his assessment was very brief and succinct. Yes, your son has hydrocephalus. Yes, your son needs a shunt. Here's what it looks like. Here's how we'll do it. Um, you know, we're going to get you booked in, um, you know, we'll get you admitted to the hospital right now and you'll be first case, uh, tomorrow morning. And so, um, you know, we went from, you know, four days ago, not even knowing what the word hydrocephalus meant to now we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, 12 hours away from our son having brain surgery. Um, you know, and that was, uh, really, uh, you know, in the moment, you don't really think about it. You just do, uh, cause that's what you have to do. Um, but thinking back on it, that was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, pretty, um, pretty incredible that, you know, I, I'm, I'm not one that deals with fluidity, uh, easily. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, I'm a, I'm a fairly structured person. Um, I, I like to, uh, have a plan. I like to know kind of what's going on before I get into it. You know, that that's just the way I'm, I'm wired. And, and some of that is also my upbringing. Um, I was, I was raised not to take risk. Um, and, uh, yeah, and part of that is my predominantly my mother's personality instilling that in me. Um, yeah, so it was, you know, that, that's just the way my head works. I don't, I don't deal with, um, not having a, a plan or, or understanding what's going on and, and what the next thing is. And, and then, you know, the, the thing that triggers the next, you know, just that, that kind of chain of events, um, is really, really important to my kind of mental stability. And, and this whole process was very outside of that. So after we went through all those appointments, we got checked in, um, you know, then it was surgery and, you know, one of the uh, hardest things that I've ever had to do uh, in my life by far uh, was, uh, you know, uh, to, you know, to hand my three month old son over to the anesthesiologist and go, I, I, I can't, I can't. And, uh, you know, and allow them to do their job. You know, it was, uh, it was difficult. It was, uh, probably by far the most helpless that I've ever felt uh, in my life. But, you know, there was also, you know, this is where our faith um, really, really played a big part in our life. Uh, You know, there was, even through all of that fear and anxiety, um, there was a huge sense of, uh, I won't say relief, but this sense that, you know, peace, uh, probably is the best way to describe it that I, I, at that point, you know, the worry was over, um, in terms of uh, worrying about the surgery, cause it was, it was there. Um, and, uh, you know, at that point I really do believe, um, you know, that, that God spoke to us. It spoke to me specifically, you know, with, with the word of, you know, I, I am with him where you can't be, uh, you know, that was just a word, a, a, a message that I repeatedly heard 
um, you know, while the hour and a half that we were sitting in that waiting room, that was just what kept playing over and over in my head. Um, and, and that was what gave me, gave me peace. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was, a an, uh, it was just a, an incredible time. Um, you know, while we were in that waiting room, I remember very vividly, um, you know, walking into the waiting room, being scared, being, um, troubled. Uh, and, and, and I, after five or 10 minutes, um, of us sitting in that waiting room, I remember there was another family that came in and, uh, that family was very upset. They were, um, they were in tears and, and, and distraught and beside themselves. And, and, you know, when you're in a, a waiting room, you know, a surgical waiting room at a children's hospital, there's not any strangers. Um, you know, and so I, I, I just was moved and, and said, you know, asked, is, is there, is there anything I can pray for you guys for? Um, and, uh, you know, they, they had a son that he had, um, he had a brain tumor that, uh, had been operated on and, and, you know, they thought that a couple of years prior that they had gotten all of the tumor and, um, they found out recently, uh, recent to, you know, when, when, uh, when we were there, um, that his, his tumor had came back and was much more aggressive and, um, he was having to have surgery to, to have it removed. And it was, um, you know, a, a very delicate surgery that, um, they were, there was a lot of concerns for, um, you know, and so I, in, in the midst of our fear and anxiety, I, I, I remember, you know, uh, praying for that family. And I, I asked him, I said, can I, can I pray for you here? And, and, you know, I, <laughs> I've, you know, my grandfather used to always say there's no atheists in foxholes. And, uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that a hospital waiting room is, uh, the closest I'll ever get to a foxhole. And, um, you know, so it, I say all that to say that, you know, there's just this incredible, um, experience that I think everyone goes through, um, you know, in your own unique way of, of dealing with, um, how you cope with, with your, your chronic illness. And for us, um, you know, it, it, it was a new normal, you know, we, you know, now thank God, um, literally, um, you know, his surgery went well, Hawk surgery went well, he came out for, you know, as, as best as the surgeons could have ever hoped for, um, you know, he, we, he went home, which was incredible to me two days after surgery. Um, and you know, for, for the most part, you know, with the exception of you know, regular checkups and scans and things of that nature, um, you know, was able to, 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 to live his life, um, just like any other, uh, boy would, um, now, you know, what we've learned, um, you know, in, in, in working with and, and being in community with the hydrocephalus association is that in terms of hydrocephalus, um, you know, Hawk is extremely, um, fortunate and blessed that, you know, from a developmental standpoint, um, you know, the, the, the prognosis, um, for those with hydrocephalus is very wide ranging. 
Um, you know, Hawk, it, it, honestly, if you didn't know um, that he had hydrocephalus, you, you wouldn't know. Um, he has been fortunate enough to, to develop just like any other uh, kiddo. You know, he's, uh, you know, from an academic standpoint and a developmental standpoint, he's on target with all his peers and, and in some, some aspects, um, it actually exceeds some of his peers. Um, so, you know, we were blessed for sure. Um, others aren't, um, you know, some with, with hydrocephalus struggle with seizures, struggle with developmental delays, um, you know, have, have issues, um, with, with motor development and, um, have issues with verbal development. And so there's just this wide range. And so, you know, we definitely don't, uh, you know, take lightly that, that blessing that we were given. Um, that's not to say that Hawk hasn't had his struggles, you know, when he was about three, three and a half, um, he started having migraines and started developing migraines, which is, um, you know, is, is a common occurrence with, um, you know, people that have hydrocephalus. And so, um, you know, that's, that's probably been our, you know, his single greatest struggle with hydrocephalus over the last three, three and a half years is, is, you know, dealing with and mind it, managing the migraines. Um, and that's not been an easy road. Um, but you know, in terms of, of, of the overall scheme of things, um, you know, we've, we've been and Hawk has been very, very blessed. Um, now, you know, we, he did. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, he did have a, a shunt revision, um, and a shunt failure about two months ago. Um, and that was the first one since, you know, he, that was, <laughs> that replaced his, his original shunt that he had played, you know, placed when he was three months old. So, you know, for, for a shunt to last that long is, is, um, is not common. It, it's pretty incredible that, you know, he was able to, to have one last for that long. Now, the reality is there are some people that, you know, have their shunts placed when they're, you know, they're infants and, and that shunt works, you know, they, they might have that same shunt their entire life. Um, and that's totally possible. It's, it's not very common, but it is possible. Um, you know, but that, you know, the statistics for, for shunt failures are, are not positive. Um, but that's why we are involved with the hydrocephalus association. That's why um, you know, our family with a few others here in the DFW area started the, the, the Dallas hydrocephalus walk or the DFW hydrocephalus walk to raise money, um, for HA to, to, um, improve the treatments, uh, and, you know, uh, improve the, the, the shunts themselves, as well as research and, and find and develop other treatments for hydrocephalus that are more effective, um, and ultimately find, find a cure. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's what motivates us. That's why we, that's why we do what we do, um, is because we are, uh, of the firm belief that, um, that at some point we will find a cure for hydrocephalus. We will find, um, better treatments than shunts, um, for hydrocephalus because, um, because our kids and our, and our families deserve it. Um, you know, living, living with a shunt is, is not ideal, but you know, our, our story is, is that it, it's, it's doable. You know, Hawk has, um, Hawk has pretty much been able to live the life that he's wanted to live for the last, for his entire life, um, even with a shunt. Um, and, and so we, we are, um, you know, we are extremely fortunate in that and, and we don't, we don't take that, that blessing for granted at all. Um, so, you know, that is, um, you know, for, for Hawk, that, that, that's his story, you know, um, we don't know what the future holds, but we know that, um, 
you know, we know that, that whatever the future holds that as a family, we'll, we'll, we will, we will, we'll take it on. And, uh, we know that we, uh, we also believe in, in, in a God that loves us and a father that loves us. Um, and that whatever is in store and whatever the plan is, um, that we will, we'll be able, we'll be able to get through. We'll have the strength to, to take it on. Um, but like I said earlier, that strength, uh, definitely comes from, from, from our tribe, from our community. Um, you know, the people that we, we do life with, um, and, and and just to touch back on that, you know, one of the things that I was so incredibly blown away with is that, you know, not that I, 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 I take it for granted, but you know, there are people in your life that when stuff like that happens, you expect them to, to show up and, and support and, and be there. And, and I will say for us, you know, uh, all throughout the last seven years, those people have always stepped up um, and have always been there. Um, you know, but with his most recent surgery, the thing that I think was most, um, impactful or, or, um, impressive to me was the people that I, I mean, there were, there, there were people that I didn't even know in our, even in our neighborhood that sent cards, um, you know, dropped off gifts, uh, brought meals, you know, whether it was, you know, sending a DoorDash gift card for, for Sarah and I at the hospital, or, you know, my mother-in-law was at the house with the twins while we were, you know, at the hospital with Hawk and, you know, people would bring meals, um, you know, for my mother-in-law, um, and, and people that I didn't even know, you know, um, I, I think one of the most incredible things and, and, you know, not, not that any one gift or blessing is, um, you know, greater or more important than another, but, um, you know, we have a neighbor that has, um, some connections with John Cena and, um, you know, when, uh, the, the, the day that Hawk went in for his, so he, he ended up having two surgeries. He had the emergency surgery to, to, to externalize his shunt that had failed. And then, then he had a second surgery to, you know, re replace and, and reimplant, a, you know, a functioning shunt. And so before his second surgery, um, we got a video, uh, from, from John Cena. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was crazy. Um, you know, like I'm not a, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. Uh, I, I mean, I was back in the eighties and nineties when I was a little kid, but, um, you know, it, it was, it was just, I mean, it was just an incredible thing to, to see that somebody that didn't even, you know, didn't know Hawk would do something that cool. <laughs> um, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't a long video. It was just a, a quick, Hey, you know, man, don't give up. Somebody's, somebody's thinking about you. And, uh, you know, for a little kid, that's huge. Um, and it's, it's true. And, uh, you know, so that community, um, was, was, was so integral, um, in, in us, you know, 
Would we have gotten through that experience without it? Sure. You know, because you have to. Um, but I mean, the support, the love, the encouragement, um, that we received, um, from so many places was, uh, it was, it was nothing short of incredible. And, and so I, I say all that to say that, you know, I think there's a lot of times when, um, you know, whether it's, you know, struggles with, you know, chronic illnesses or whether it's struggles with, um, uh, anything else. I, I think we oftentimes have this default mode to, to, to keep those struggles internal and to not share them. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that <laughs> if you're struggling with something, you need to, you know, uh, broadcast it publicly to everybody. Um, but I think it is important to share it with somebody, um, even if it's just one person. And, and the reason I say that is because if you share it with even one person, that person can support you. Um, you know, that, that person can, can help you. That person can, you know, speak life into you in some way. Um, or at, at the very least, just show you that, that someone cares. And, um, you know, for us, it, it was, um, you know, it, it was, it was as simple as, you know, I mean, literally all of that outpouring, um, of support for Hawk and for our family started from, you know, Sarah just posted something, um, you know, the Saturday night, you know, when Hawk was going down to the hospital, you know, and we knew at that point that, that his shunt was failing. We didn't know for sure, but we, we knew. Um, you know, she just said, Hey, we're trying to get back where, you know, we had gone on a trip. We're trying to get back home. Um, Hawk's going in for surgery, you know, please pray for it. And, and it was that, that simple, you know, message on, on Facebook that, that started all of that. Um, and so, you know, that my hope through sharing Hawk story, my hope in, 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 starting and and hosting this podcast is to one is to give people, uh, you know, an understanding of, of people's experiences and and knowing that they're not alone. But at the same time, it's also, you know, allowing people to see that when you do share your experience, when you share your story, um, that it, it, people show up in really incredible ways. Um, and, and so my hope is that people out there that feel like they're doing this alone, uh, people that feel like no one else understands what they're going through, uh, while your experience is extraordinarily unique to you, um, there are people that that understand what it means to struggle, and there are people out there that understand um, what it means to have others support you through a struggle, and they want to support you, and so, um, so that that's that is. Um, in a nutshell, <laughs> to use a really um, strange phrase, um, you know, what both Hawk's Heroes is intended to be and, and, and Hawk's story. And so um, I, I, from a logistics standpoint, I honestly don't know how often um, we'll have new episodes. We'll have them as often as we have people willing to share their stories. Um, 
and I know we've got a few already that are, are wanting to, to share. And so um, that will be exciting. I, I don't know if this will be a, a weekly podcast, if it will be in every other week or, or what the case may be. Um, you know, my hope, I would, I would love to have guests um, every week sharing, sharing their stories. And that would be phenomenal. And uh, if that's the case, then, then great. Um, but, you know, so I, I don't know that this, you know, I say all that to say, I don't know when the next one's coming out. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, if, if, if you're interested in hearing, um, about other stories, um, if you yourself are living with a chronic condition, um, I would, I would suggest and, and, and encourage you to, you know, to, to subscribe to the podcast so that you, you get those notifications when we, um, you know, we have new stories coming out and, um, I'm, I'm just really excited to be able to help others, uh, have a voice and, and to help others. Um, connect and and understand that that you're not alone um, in your struggle and your fight, um, and um, yeah, that's that that's really the heart of it. And so, um, thanks so much for for listening this far, and um, really hope that you'll come back and check out the next episodes when they come out. And I'm really excited about connecting with you. If you um, if if you're interested in coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Um, definitely check out the email and the show notes and the links in the show notes, um, and, and in terms of how you can connect with me and, um, and we'll, we'll set it up. So thanks guys. Appreciate you. Love you. Uh, have a great day and we will talk to you next time. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this first episode of the Hawks Heroes podcast. If you would, please go and give the podcast a review, um, on any of your podcast, uh, platforms that you pick up your podcast and listen on, as well as please just share this with as many people as you think would benefit from it, uh, whether it's someone else that you know that's living with a chronic condition or if it's someone uh, you know that just feels like they might enjoy hearing these types of stories. Um, you know, like I said in the intro and throughout this episode, uh, the intent is to interview people with all kinds of different chronic conditions from mental uh, health conditions all the way through uh, a very large array of medical conditions as well. So hopefully uh, we reach uh, as many people as possible and we have something for everyone from a content standpoint. So we greatly appreciate your support with that. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.